This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? <laughs> man, I you know, I'm okay. My nerves are shot, dude. They are just <laughs> shot. Uh man, it's uh it's crazy right now. It's crazy. We're getting ready for some events at uh at the Country Squire and um man, things are things are picking up, which is kind of funny. This is generally a a slow time of year for us, but doing some mail orders and and all that. So, um trying to stay on top of that. Our our um uh, kind of shipping manager and quarterback uh Liz, who works at our shop, if you've ordered from us before, uh she's the one that writes all the uh the beautiful handwritten notes now i i i do sometimes uh like i used to but generally nowadays she's the one that does it but she's she's out she got married and so uh, yeah dude i know that her and her uh her boyfriend they asked uh my wife and i to be kind of their witnesses and uh, i i I guess uh we we went to the courthouse and i was uh you know on one side nina was on the other i guess it's like uh you know best man and maid of honor kind of deal and uh, right right man we we got them married and they're uh yeah they're they're off man so um but but you know as as joyful as that is as as liz was leaving she does such a good job for us you know and um it's just such a such an awesome resource and so helpful with uh with you know our clients and stuff that um as she was leaving like the terror level in my heart was rising (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just uh, like getting off the charts as far as like anxiety like how am i going to do this without her and so uh man just you know filling a bunch of mail orders weighing more tobacco than i than i normally do and um getting ready for our 49th anniversary which we'll talk about in a minute and and then also um you know yeah just getting ready for baby man getting ready for uh for baby cole come coming on its way so yeah um, man, we're excited about her uh making her appearance here within the next uh, month and a half so um yeah man it's big big times what's what's going on with you in houston <laughs> Oh man, you know, if, as people can probably already tell from listening, I'm I'm a bit under the weather. I've been uh, fighting off, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> first I thought it was summer cold, then apparently it's pneumonia. Ain't, one way or the other, it's like the worst thing to get in in the middle of summer. Because yeah, you uh, literally have pneumonia, right? Yeah, that that is that is the literal case. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> fight, fighting that off, which is awesome, just so much fun. Uh, it's just <laughs> out of control to me. Like every week, I feel like our listeners tune in. They're like, okay, what n- number one? What's John David com- going to complain about? And num- and number two. <laughs> Two, what is Bo going to be sick of, literally or figuratively? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's something like, to that. You, you know, were, it's man, funny. You, you were just constantly sick, dude. It's amazing. Uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's the kids. You'll find this out. This is what's going to end up happening. <laughs> the, the, the kids bring home all kinds of stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, the funny thing is, I was, I guess, a, a few days ago, um, I, I was, I got this new microphone in that I'm testing for another project and yeah. I needed to test out the, its ability to, um, work on streaming. And so a lot of times when testing out live streaming, I, you know, I don't want to blast it out to the internet. I don't want to blast it out to like, you know, the, a large group of people, like an extremely group, a large peak group of people. Yeah. But at the same time, I do need to blast it out to people that there's kind of a sense of trust, you know, that like, you know, if this is terrible, they're not going to you know, uh, uh, think that I'm crazy <laughs> or, or at least they already know I'm crazy. You know what right. I mean? You're not going to wreck you over the coals. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. I, I, I understand. Or so you'd think. So anyway, so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm getting things set up on my, my phone and I'm like, Oh, let me do this on the Squire lounge. Cause you know, the, the Squire lounge, you know, the, the club members, these are folks they're they're, you know, they're practically family. I mean like, yeah, yeah this is, this is a good place to test this out. I can just jump on real quick. That's your uh, safe see, space. Yeah. You, know, you would think. And so I jump on there and, um, you know, I immediately the camera you know, fl- faces back at me. And you know how you haven't really seen yourself in a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. especially when you're when you're sick and you're not going anywhere. And so, like, you know, you're not you're not you're not checking your hair, putting on your hat or, or you know, shaving. And so the thing goes back on me and I look like I've just been through a hurricane. <laughs> like, I just look the worst. And the funny, the, well, not funny, but the great thing is because the uh, because the Squire Lounge, we've got such uh, wonderful, dedicated members. They saw that I was streaming, and immediately everybody was dropping what they were doing to see what it was going to be about. And of course, right. here it is, just me testing out a microphone, looking like death itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, it's really funny. But um, anyway, thanks to everybody who popped onto that, and I am, I am terribly, terribly.
terribly sorry you saw me in that capacity. Although they did get to see my youngest. Uh, she was <laughs> she was running around the place. So that was oh, that's great. Treat. Yeah, no, that's funny. Uh, it's like uh, no, we'll, we'll just keep you on the on the radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everybody did give me a hard time about being sick yet again. But uh, yeah, it, it, is, a, it is, is, is a constant. I understand, man. So hey, something that made me real sick and in, in, in a figurative fashion, man, is really about what happened last week. So as many of you, if not all of you, are well aware. Uh, you have come to expect from Country Squire Radio that every single Wednesday you get an episode of the show without fail, and you yeah. have for the last six years. Uh, this last past week, something weird happened. The episode was completed, it was edited, it was pushed out, it was on our hosting client, and it was teed up for the, the RSS feed. In fact, on our end, it looked like it had actually gone out to the RSS feed, but we started getting reports late Wednesday night and early Tuesday morning, and especially on or Thursday morning, and especially on into the day that folks had not actually received the episode, uh, which was a bummer because this was a really, really great episode. Hang on just a second, Mike. <coughs> which was a bummer because this was a really, really great episode. It's one that we put a lot of, uh, uh, you know, heart and soul into with all That's the, right. the, yeah. <laughs> the vitriol that was <laughs> tossed about. Uh, by the way, we got some great feedback uh, coming in later in the show about all, all last week's, which is going to be fun. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so we were really, we were kind of like a little disappointed, especially because we had uh, really kind of put out this charge for people to, to do the uh, pipe shop wins uh, and to go onto YouTube and, and tell the stories. And so, you know, the, it, it, we release it and like, man, we're, did nobody see this or what's going on? Well, here's what ended up happening. I reached out to our hosting provider we got everything cleared up they took a look at it uh at first they were saying that we needed to contact the distributors uh we did not need to contact the distributors i did re i did re uh, refresh all of our rss feeds and everything so anyway we were dotting all the i's crossing all the t's and i am happy to say that the issue appears to have been resolved and we will know for sure on wednesday morning but i can promise you this uh, I will be watching our feed like a hawk on Wednesday morning, which is either a comfort to you or not, because either you're hearing this and it worked or you're not and it didn't. So <laughs> there you go. But I want to keep everybody up in the loop and uh, kind of give you some, give you a heads up of what happened. But we're all we're all good now. No, that's great. And, you know, it, it is it is awesome, Bo. I mean, you, you have worked so hard over the past six years to um, God. Has it been six years? It's out of yeah, control. It's years. a lot of uh, that's a lot of pipe related content. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you, you've worked so hard to make it consistent and, um, you know, reliable and, and all those things where people count on it. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, just thank you, listeners and, and community for showing us grace on that. And uh, and just know that, um, you know, Bo works tire, tirelessly to make all this stuff uh, come on off uh you know well and um and and you know we'll do everything we can to to make it right so you know country squire radio kind of broke me from that standpoint too because like like i was from the earliest days of the show i've been very big on like consistency 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 yeah that's right yeah you know we are going to be here until the the day the show ends and uh and so now whenever like i for like a few years there in the early days of potestere i was like well this this isn't you know, this isn't sustainable. I can't do a bunch of shows like that. <laughs> like, I, I'll die. <laughs> like this is not gonna. This is not gonna work. So now know, every right? single new project is seasonal. Like it's like eight episode seasons at a time, and we, <laughs> we go from there. <laughs> take a generous break yeah (laughs) exactly exactly that's 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 all for the sake of making sure that csr is always here uh hey man all right so you already you already teed it up let's talk about it uh this is right around the corner uh august 15th of course the 49th anniversary or 49th birthday i feel like you like birthday better and i like anniversary better what what is it with you know either way i get it is the anniversary i think that's the way to go but um yeah dude regardless next week uh mississippi's pipe shop one of the oldest tobacconists in the southeast uh, august 15th uh, we were celebrating our 49th anniversary at the Country Squire. And so uh, if you're in central Mississippi, uh, passing through, if you happen to be in the southeast and uh, feel like making a day trip, we would love to have you. We're going to have uh, live music. Uh, our friend Max Stokeby with Scandinavian Tobacco Group and Lane uh, is going to be here with some awesome uh, tobacco deals and uh, have some giveaways and, and all that. Also, some cigar uh, folks will be there with uh, with some really good promotions. And so um, going to be fun, man. Next Thursday, August 15th. Uh, 2019 that is from 6 p.m to 9 p.m and uh, we can't wait to see you there so um, if you're in the area please please come on by that's gonna be a blast um, man we've got also uh, you know I mentioned before the uh, the squire lounge and that's where the our club members all congregate on on Facebook and uh, hey if you're a club member uh, and you have not been accepted in don't worry that's coming this week in fact I've got welcome packages going out later this week which I'm really excited about because man we've got a bunch of new members yeah shouts out to here 
Uh, and some of these, oh, I mean, like, you know, I, I scan these names. I, part of me wants to practice and part of me wants to just dive in. So <laughs> here, here we go. Here we go. All right. So David Robinson, uh, son of Robin, David, uh, in the year of our Lord. We also have R- <laughs> Ron Seats. And Ron, I remember. Oh, wait. No, never mind. No, I don't remember because everything was anonymous last week. Never mind. Ron Seats, uh, also a <laughs> squire. <laughs> Oh, I think I'm just kidding. John Rouseclop. Oh, here's the one. Yep. John, you got me. John <laughs> Rouseculp. Rouseculp? Rouseculp. Like rascal, but with like, he's a culprit. He's a, that's exactly right. Yep. All right. I'll take it. John R. And then also, man, this is really, really great. Uh, Chase Abels, who is one of our earliest, earliest members. Yeah. And a long time, uh, long time friend and listener. Yep. Absolutely. Like when the when the when the uh, uh, club first opened up, he was one of the first people uh, that, that actually joined up. He was number 22. Uh, he was our pilgrim. And he just recently actually went from pilgrim to squire. And so, Chase, man, thank you so much. That That's that's awesome. And thank you all to those of you who have uh, just so recently joined the club and uh, for your support of the show. And like I said, those welcome packages are going to be going out later this week excited to get those to you and shouts out by the way to uh, bradley hall as well who's decided to support the show as a patron uh you yeah. can do that do so as well at patreon.com slash country squire radio is the place to do it find out all the information about the club and how you can support the show and uh yeah that's patreon.com slash country squire radio that is right all right man so last week we kind of teed up that this week we were going to be doing a squire select now that's not the case we, we kind of made a little bit of a change of plans and there's a reason for it which you're kind of about to find out but i do want to say this because we, we kind of teed it up with the the um you know as as we even said last week you know y'all, y'all like kind of knowing what's to come well one of the reasons we haven't done that in the past is because things change <laughs> and so we do like that flexibility to be able to change up the content but uh anyway all that to say squire select will be next week but now we had to push it off man because yeah. the, uh yeah. the pipe world has kind of uh, experienced a bit of a loss that um really kind of inspired this week's episode uh yeah. john how, how would you uh how would, how would you kind of set this up yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, last week, uh, the the American pipe uh, making community lost um, lost someone that was very important to us, and um, just you know a, a seasoned veteran of the uh, artisan pipe world, and uh, is a gentleman that uh, if you are familiar uh, with American pipe making and the and the cult, culture and community, uh, you're very well aware of. His name uh, is Bruce Weaver, and he passed away uh, last week very unexpectedly in his sleep uh, at age 68. Man, just you know, 68, young. You know, young guy, uh, that that's that's not old nowadays. You know what I mean? And it's uh, it's it's tough to um, to to think about that. But he leaves behind three children and pipe maker uh, lives in uh, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And um, you, you know, we we thought about this and we we're like, well, how do we honor Bruce? Let, let me be. Uh, you know, to be clear, I, I've actually I actually never met Bruce Weaver, but I was incredibly well aware of his work. He, you know, we never knew each other or anything like that. But his work and his his body of work, his style, uh, it all was very captivating, very well known, very influential with other uh, pipe carvers. And um, you know, I think it takes its place kind of in uh, in the uh, the evolution of American pipe carving, particularly sandblasting. And and so um, we wanted to to really Really kind of dedicate today's show uh, to to Bruce. We're going to talk about sandblasting today, which I think is very um, very appropriate. But again, never met Bruce, but all indications were he was a uh, just a very tender. Uh, kind, warm, uh, laid-back individual, someone that uh, that cared a lot about, um, you know, not just pipe making, but also the people he interacted with, and uh, was just a very genuine uh, person. Again, we, you know, had this kind of, uh, uh, you know, pedigree. He had learned from, uh, you know, some incredibly well-known pipe makers, but then also uh, had had uh, mentored others, and um, you know, had really established himself as a as a leader uh, in in pipe making in sandblasting and um, and inspired a lot of, uh, of new pipe carvers and, and was a part of the evolution of, of uh, you know, the American pipe making scene, uh, particularly in the, you know, 2000s all the way up to, to today. So, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about sandblasting today. But, man, this today's show is in honor, uh, in honor of uh, Bruce Weaver, who um, just a fantastic uh, pipe carver and, uh, and will be sorely missed in our community. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yep. You know, so sandblasting, it's a, 
you know, I feel like over the history of the show, there's been different schools of thoughts that have kind of come out of both of us at times. And then also listeners in terms of like, you know, yeah. where, where sandblasting kind of falls in the pecking order. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's, that's, that's a great way to put it. It's like, how do we, uh, how do we interpret this? It's like people love sandblasting, but is that like, you know, loving an, an inferior uh, quality product or something no. like that? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, we've always gone back and forth on that, right? I mean, in the early days, I, I think I'm probably even on record as saying, well, you know, generally the, the sandblasted uh, briars are, uh, you know, maybe more inferior, that kind of thing. And, and, and maybe in some cases that's true, but over time, as sandblasting got more and more popular, um, that that's become less true. And, and, you know, as my own personal knowledge and, uh, and love of pipes has grown, uh, over the years, it's kind of cool because a lot of the folks that listen to country squire radio have gotten to, to grow along with us, which has been fun. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've come to appreciate sandblasted pipes a lot, uh, you know, more and, and also understood the work and, uh, effort that goes into, to, you know, defining them and, uh, and creating a true sandblasted, uh, you know, piece of art. Um, and so, you know, it, it isn't always true that it's an inferior uh, grade of briar. What, what is, you know, what is true is that, um, you know, over, uh, you know, the past hundred years of sandblasting kind of became a medium and then got popular. Um, you know, it, it was, it, it has been used by uh, low grade pipe makers to hide occasionally, um, you know, some flaws. Like we, we definitely can say that, right? It's like, okay, well, we, you know, there's a pit there or this, this briar looks uh, like it might have have a have a you know pretty good flaw in it and so a lot of your low grade pipe makers particularly your your big manufacturers you know they use sandblasting as a medium to kind of um, kind of cover up those flaws but the grain associated with sandblasting um, is um, it, it can have a variety of takes once you apply the sandblasted effect to a pipe and so and, and just to pull back a little bit you know to, to add some context for maybe folks that aren't as aware of uh, you know sandblasting or different finishes on pipes. So when you think of pipe finishes, you've got your smooth pipe, obviously, which you can see, you know, see the grain and, um, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're looking at the grain of the pipe and then you've got these pipes with texture on them, correct? So uh, you've got pipes that, you know, have a roughness to them. People, uh, new pipe smokers, a lot of times don't know what to, you know, the terminology to refer to these pipes as. And so a, ru- a rusticated pipe is a pipe that has a texture that's been applied uh, with some, you know, some mechanical process. It's been carved. It's been, uh, you know, uh, treated to where it's got these kind of divots in it. Um, you know, it, typically you've got, uh, you know, you've got some rusticated pipes where uh, some pipe makers use something as simple as a Dremel tool just to make a lot of, uh, you know, a, a little divots in the pipe to kind of add some texture. Uh, some people will use uh, specialty knives to carve the pipe out out and actually uh, leave more of a craggy look. Um, that's, a, that's what we call a rusticated pipe. Um, a, a sandblasted pipe, these are different. These tend to be more high quality, uh, you know, and, and also um, a, a little more refined. I, I, I personally would say uh, there's benefits to both. There's beauty in both. Um, but a sandblasted pipe, this is where the artisan actually is taking the the briar and you know after the pipe has been kind of roughed out and and carved the final shape of the pipe is taking place um and and the carver is actually putting it in what they call a sandblasting cabinet and is using these fine nozzles to to apply um, you know, whether it's glass beads or some type of medium uh, that's actually blasted. It's actually bla- like sand blasted against the wood to remove uh, material from the pipe to um, to expose finer and finer grain, more unique grain. And so, um, so sandblasting is that. It's, it's, it's being blasted with little particles uh, to remove some of the briar to make it, uh, you know, to, to give it that relief, right? And so if you look at a pipe, you can tell, um, you know, generally a rusticated pipe is going to look uh, kind of uniform all over. You'll see maybe little divots or carvings all around the pipe to make it look uh, rustic. A sandblasted pipe, typically you can see where, you know, some kind of uh, bow, you might have to help me. It's like a, almost like a wave pattern, right? That, that is uh, yeah. removed from, uh, from the wood itself. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, it's almost, I think wave is actually really good. Cause if you think about like, you know, waves washing over the ocean, um, like on their way towards the shore, not like waves yeah. as in like when they're hitting the sand and not like in the big, 
you know, tidal wave type sense, but just that steady rhythmic. I mean, like actually as I'm sitting here looking at this with that in mind, it's almost mesmerizing. It is. is. Mesmerizing is a great way to put it, especially as these, uh, you know, these premium pipe makers uh, over the decades have kind of, uh, kind of refined this and and of course we we are uh, a tree you know uh, kind of honoring bruce weaver in this because this is what he was well known for which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit but it, when you're sandblasting a pipe you know the again your low-grade pipe makers sometimes will use this as an easy way to hide flaws but the high-grade pipe maker the one that is um you know he he's going to treat the ring grain of a pipe which is the you know if you're looking at a pipe that's sitting in your palm up and down uh you know the way you would smoke a pipe You've got the the grain that we're all familiar with, your straight grain, right? That's running, uh, you know, kind of uh, like a like a Y axis there, uh, up and down the the middle of the pipe. But you've also got you've also got grain that's more it's it's less visible, and that's your that's your X axis grain. It's uh, we refer to it as um, as, as ring grain, and it's going to run uh, around the side of the pipe. It's much more subtle, much more nuanced. But that's you know the the carver that can take advantage of that grain. Uh, you have to look. very very, very close at a, at a high-quality pipe, uh, you know, on a smooth pipe that is very high quality, a lot of times if it hasn't been sandblasted, it's left smooth, you can still see the ring grain on there and that kind of hatches across the, uh, you know, the the straight grain that you'll see. And so um, th- this is the kind of grain that is accentuated by sandblast. And, um, and and it's funny because a guy like Bruce Weaver, um, you know, and, and, and others, uh, you know, Levon Eric, uh, who we uh, you know, spoke with recently. Uh, you know, folks like uh, Jody Davis or Jeff Grasick. You know, th- these are um, even our own two combs. You know, who who are our local pipe maker with Rocks Pipes. You know, th- these are guys that you know they would they would see a uh, you know a thousand dollar Costello sitting on the shelf, and that Costello, you know, it's smooth and it's pure, perfect and pristine. But those guys, in, in some cases, would think it was that pipe was a shame because the ring grain on it was so exquisite that it should have been sandblasted <laughs> and i love that it's like it's like these are guys that would take uh you know if if they could if if um you know if it didn't matter as far as the uh you know the price or the um you know the resources they had man they'd take that thousand dollar pipe off the shelf and sandblast that joker in a heartbeat because they know uh, what potential that, that that ring grain could expose if it were actually sandblasted so um the popularity of the of these sandblasts the, the high quality sandblast um, started in the early 20th century. It's really, uh, really 100 years old, and it, and it started with uh, you know you can imagine as so many other great traditions did. It started with Dunhill. Um, Dunhill, as we've mentioned before, those early shell briar uh, pipes. They still have the shell briar line, uh, but but they used to look a little different. They used to uh, have more of a craggy, uh, uh, craggy look to them. What they were using, they found that this Algerian briar. Uh, Algeria, you know, that northern part of Africa, the briar from that region had a lot more uh, softness to it, some some pockets where the uh, the softness of the wood could be exposed, uh, you know, that, that could be removed easier through the process of sandblasting. And so uh, they came up with these proprietary methods of of sandblasting this uh, this briar that had these soft pockets in it. And so you had these this this finish they they made, right? The shell finish. And it was very, uh, had this craggy look to it, the gnarly, uh, chunky, pit-ridden uh, look to it, you know, that's just uh, it made it uh, fun to hold in your hand. It was uh, such a piece of art because you get to see all these areas that were removed by this, uh, by this uh, you know, artisan blaster. And so that was something that became really popular. Um, it, it took a specific type of briar to accomplish it and is also, uh, you know, was hard to uh, hard to reproduce, and so that um, you know that high uh, grade sandblast was not as common, particularly with uh, you know lower grade pipe makers. What's interesting is for Dunhill, these pipes were still less expensive than their smooth pipes, right? I mean, it's you know so we're talking about a a pipe that um, you know the aging was the same, the the source of the briar was the same, the uh, the quality of the drilling and the mechanics and the the engineering of the pipe was. The the same the stem material was the same and the attention of detail put into the stem was the same all, all that is right but these were still uh, less expensive pipes than their uh, than their smooth counterparts right 
And so it's it's like, well, it, that's where the conversation comes in, you know. So are these are these more inferior pipes to um, are, are these inferior pipes to their smooth counterparts, right? And it's like, you know, at Bo, I don't know about you, but l- let's say someone asked you, like, you know, to compare a BMW and a Rolls Royce, right? I mean, okay. like, like w- w- would you would you like to have either one of those? Yeah, I mean, oh, yes, yes, of course. I I thought you were going to actually have me do it, in which case I was going to say, well, one's pretentious and the other one makes me want to punch somebody in the face. But yes, no, I would would be more than happy to be the pretentious guy that you want to punch in the face. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, you you may be anyway. I'm just kidding. But... (laughs) No, it's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, I mean, let's compare a BMW and a Rolls Royce, right? right they're right, they're right. both; these are both premium products. Are are, are you gonna say that a BMW is inferior to a Rolls Royce because it's less expensive? Like, it, <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess you could, right? I mean, I, I guess you could say that a BMW sure. is inferior, but let's be honest, it's still a BMW, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a you know, you still have a Mercedes, and you're comparing it to a Ferrari. Like, these are both premium products but uh, you know is one inferior well maybe but like gosh uh, don't you don't you appreciate the the bmw or the mercedes for what it is kind of thing and so um it, when people you know I, i've kind of started to think about it along those terms if that kind of makes sense it's like man it, you know that we're talking about the same exact briar the aging's the same the source is the same the, it's a different finish it's just a different finish and it's almost like comparing in some once you get to that level of pipe where your you know your materials are exquisite and the artisanship is just over the top it's hard to say one's better than the other they're just they're just different and so um but but again over time you know these factory pipe makers were using um sandblasting uh you know after dunhill kind of made that finish popular they would use it as a way to hide uh imperfections or flaws in the briar and so um you know premium you know pipe makers they uh, realized the market for a sandblasted pipe they started using this um you know kind of highly premium briar for sandblasted pipes because they realized that the texture there could be special you know you may have imperfections in the in the briar um and, and maybe that's why the you know the briar was used particularly for a sandblasted pipe that's just the benefit of uh, of the occasional pit or flaw like that because now man you've got this exquisite piece of briar uh, that someone's going to take and and um and and use for this sandblasted um, you know, pipe that, that can really be top notch. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. I, I think there was a great value that these artisan makers uh, realized that if they took premium briar to do this, uh, they could really make some some special pieces that were different and, and something that the market didn't have. You know, over time, um, it, it, even the even the factory pipe makers kind of kind of started figuring this out, right? And I, I challenge someone today: if you'll, if next time you're shopping for a pipe, or next time you're browsing some, you know, your favorite online retailer or whatever, um, look at. We, of course, we talk about Savinelli's all the time. We love Savinelli's. I own a ton of them. We sell a bunch of them. We believe in them, and they're a great company. All that, but but look at look at Savinelli's. They do not make a sandblasted pipe under probably the 200 to 250 dollar price point so i challenge you to find a new savinelli from a authorized retailer that is that that is a sandblasted pipe that is under 200 dollars. like what what savinelli figured out is that the more premium the briar the more beautiful the sandblast and so that, that what they do is they are very intently they know if a if a cheaper uh you know piece of briar that doesn't have that exquisite ring grain if it's sandblasted it's just going to look muddled and kind of um you know kind of a kind of a muddled model modeled look that uh doesn't have a lot of definition or clarity um and, and so you know that that price point under two hundred dollars savinelli is going to rusticate those pipes they'll rusticate them they'll take some kind of uh tool or machine to give that pipe some texture, uh, but they will not sandblast that pipe because they know uh, that it won't really have the the premium, uh, beautiful effect that it could uh, if it's some of those you know pipes with just real exquisite ring grain, and and they know that that's going to be at a at a higher price point, and so uh, it makes sense. But yeah, next time you you go looking uh, maybe at your favorite pipe retailer, uh, 
notice those Savinelli's. They, you know, under under a certain threshold, let's say probably probably two to two fifty, uh, you won't see any. Uh, you know, sandblasted Savinelli's, and that's because they know uh, that that real exquisite briar that's going to have that tight ring grain and the ability to, um, you know, remove the soft material to make those waves uh, in your pipe. That's only going to happen uh, at, at briar that deserves to be sold at a, at a more expensive price point. So just kind of interesting. Yeah. No, that's good, though. I mean, like, I, I kind of feel like this is this is doing the sandblasted pipe justice in a way that we've never done before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they're, they're, I mean, we've talked about sandblasting before. I think we probably even have a sandblasting specific episode. And, but <laughs> if you go back, well, I'm not, I don't want to encourage anybody to do this, but if you go back and listen to John David talking about, uh, even some of the, the talk, the, the talking points for this episode in the, in the past, there's a little, um, what's the right word? Snobbery. Well, yeah, that's that is the right word. Uh, I was going to say, so. you know, you yeah, got the so. the pipes memes uh, Facebook group and how you've got, uh, yeah, you know yeah. how how some of those memes go in on aromatics. Uh, yeah, that, that's John David on sandblasted pipes a couple of years ago. Now it's different now. Yeah, I mean, what do the politicians always say? Like I've evolved or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah, you've you, you well, you evolved know, my, your position. My thinking on this information has evolved, right? Yeah. So I yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think as time has gone on, I've learned to appreciate sandblasted pipes more, and um and and understood the you know the care that goes to. Um, you know, to creating a truly uh, beautiful sandblasted piece. And, and again, that ring grain uh, that is so precious and so special. I, yeah. I just chatting with these pipe makers that, you know, literally, like I mentioned earlier, they would take a, you know, a, a five, six, seven, eight hundred dollar pipe off the shelf and, and sandblast it with a, with a good conscience. They would know they were doing the right thing right. because that pipe uh, had grain on it that should have been uh, should have been exposed rather than left smooth. And so um, just really interesting. Uh, Lee Von Eric, who uh, we talked uh, to a few episodes ago, and of course was the feature of the you know Father of the Flame documentary that we all uh, fell in love with. You know, Lee, um, you know he was kind of a pioneer in this American uh, market of sandblasting. You know, something where he's experiencing uh, these deeper kind of craggy effects with the sandblast, uh, removing some of that uh, softer material to make it uh, very unique. And, um, and, and, and and Bruce Weaver, who we're honoring today, actually studied underneath uh, Lee uh, Von Erich and, and so kind of learned some, learned some of those basics, cut his teeth around Lee, but then quickly developed his own um, you know, developed his own style, and 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 I think that's uh, you know characteristic of a lot of these pipe makers. Uh, they will mimic some of you know what the what their mentors did, what other guys are doing, but at the same time, the real the the, the guys that everyone tries to emulate, they all have their own style, right? And so Bruce, um, you know, his style was this uh, this this uh, wavy, uh, you know, cascading. I think is probably the best um, uh, the best description of of the the sandblast technique he would use you know he would spend hours and hours in the sandblast cabinet looking through um you know magnifying glasses kind of thing uh you know removing just the the material so delicately i mean just um you know and and, and you think like if you tr- if he charged per hour uh what it would cost you know what if, if he if he had an hourly rate for what he made these pipes by like you would never buy one right because he spent that much time developing these these sandblasts you know where you know he's got his uh, in in this dark room, listening to his favorite music or whatever, and, and he's and he's taking all this painstaking time removing this material from, um, you know, from these pipes, and so, um, you know, the 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 cascading effect of the pipe. Uh, you know the the briar. It almost looks like the briar itself is liquid, right? And it's flowing down. It's got these uh, these ripples in it that that really do look like a waterfall. I mean, I, I don't really know how else to uh, to describe it. But um, but you should look at uh, you know our our, our listeners should uh, should should get online and 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 do an image search for um, Bruce Weaver sandblasted pipes, and you'll just uh, you'll find some real gems, some real uh, real special pieces that he's done. He is kind of in a line. We've got uh, folks like Mr. Von Erich, uh, you know, J.T. Cook was a was a real pioneer of this, and that led to folks like uh, Jeff Grasick, uh, Jody Davis. Um, you know, these were people that 
um, you know, really have become well known for their sandblast pipes, and um, and and really the waiting list for their pipes that are sandblasted. I mean, that's the that's been their hallmark, right? Folks aren't waiting for their smooth pipes; they're waiting for these very particular uh, sandblasted pipes from all these artisans. And of course, uh, Bruce was like that. Um, one of our best uh, friends, Bo, uh, that you and I both both know and love, and uh, have been so encouraged by on Country Squire Radio, of course, is Russ Hicks. And Russ, uh, Russ. Russ last week, I, I chatted with him briefly. He was uh, he was smoking um, one of his Bruce Weaver pipes that uh, just had a real uh, real impressive sandblast. And so um, you know that's um, it, it's something I think folks that have one of those pieces now uh, that'll take just a you know as, as they're smoking it, it'll have maybe just that little bit more uh, significance to him, that little sweeter uh, sweeter smoking experience. You know the premium sandblast today, the modern premium sandblast that's used by uh, your best pipe makers. These are well-defined, uh, craggy blasts, typically. Uh, the key, though, is that they're maintaining the shape of the pipe uh, without compromise. And so their, their goal is not to change the shape of the pipe. It's just to just to remove the appropriate material to, to give it a, a defined finish. And so you got to think, what's that quote? Uh, is it was it Leonardo that you know he was uh, carving you know Michelangelo or uh, was it uh, oh gosh I can't he, Michelangelo carving David is that there who you go. was that, I was about and, to say that, yeah, yeah yeah and he's like oh well you know he how did you make this thing and it's like well he was he was in there I just had to remove the the material around it you know right. I yeah, I'm butchering this I obviously have no uh, you know no uh, art history background or or whatever but you know it's that concept right I'm removing uh, the the you know the material around what's going to be this beautiful piece that that is just waiting to be uncovered kind of thing and so exactly, yeah. um yeah just really really special and i think it leads to a complex finish that um you know when done right uh can be um you know just just a real work of art so um anyway uh three cheers to to all the pipe makers that have done uh, such a good job at developing this and uh and making it uh you know something unique special and interesting for the pipe collector and uh and uh good wishes to and um and and uh condolences to the the family of uh of um bruce weaver and of course all his friends and uh we he will be uh, greatly missed and his influence will as well uh in the pipe community absolutely man you know i'd, I'd be uh you know I'd, I'd love to uh see some some listeners if you've got a bruce weaver pipe uh you know be sure to, to share some pictures of that and uh maybe some stories around that because you know the the, the great thing is i mean sandblasting in particular is this this conversation on sandblasting in particular, the education you kind of given us is very 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 hyper focused on kind of the extreme quality of the craft, right? Which yeah. I mean that's that's textbook Country Squire Radio. But the reality is is that for the new incoming pipe smoker, you know that just kind of sees well that's a flat pipe and that's a bumpy pipe. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the reality <laughs> that's right. is there's I mean there's a lot of, and that one and that one has kind of grooves cut into it so you know so the, the concept of <laughs> rustication versus you know smooth versus finished versus amblasted it's all you know uh, it, it can kind of get a little lost there the reality is for 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 the pipe smoker it's about what you enjoy um, you know I remember the first first I know the second pipe I ever bought was a sandblasted pipe and it was not nearly the caliber or the quality of the kind of pipes that we've discussed uh, you know on this episode and, and that you've kind of uh, blast it out. We're going to, we're going to share some pictures by the way on uh, Facebook uh, this week to kind of give you an idea of some of the pipes uh, being talked about, but uh, yeah. not nowhere near the quality, but the reality was I just liked the texture of it. I liked the, uh, the way that it felt in my hand and it smoked well. And you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty key component to the, to the consumer. <laughs> but the beauty is, is that, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a very particular work of art and uh, we're, we're uh, mourning and, and, also celebrating a, a very particular artist who brought something very unique to the industry as a whole. So yeah, man, great, yeah. great, uh, uh, great, great deep dive and, uh, and definitely the, the right week for it. You know, like I said, we, uh, we want to encourage y'all if y'all do have one of his pipes to, uh, to be sure to smoke it this week, you know, and that sounds familiar because every week we also encourage you to uh, pull out your Missouri Meerschaum pipes and smoke those to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring the show. And in, in honor of also talking about a legend, uh, how about we also uh, <laughs> talk about a legend, the legend pipe from Missouri Meerschaum? 
That's right. That's right. The legend pipe from Missouri Mearsham. It's one of their most popular lines, and uh, we sell a ton of them at the shop. I think it's the the correct uh, balance between uh, form and function, size, uh, and uh, you know the ability to tote with you and, and be reliable and durable. Um, we we love the legend pipe. Uh, it is a medium sized bowl. It comes in a bent and a straight bowl, and uh, has that kind of nice uh, varnished finish with with a uh, amber stem, which just uh, really sets it apart. So it's a filtered pipe. You have the option of using um, one of the uh, Medeco filters, which will help you uh, with moisture and, and, and therefore reduce tongue bite. Uh, these are durable pipes, great tasting pipes. Um, also come, uh, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, the week before those pipes that, um, you know, come in the in the grab bags of, of smokable seconds, right? They're available there. And so, uh, you know, the Legend pipes are really popular for tasters because they can uh, smoke a medium-sized bowl, uh, you know, and share with their friends and uh, and try some of their new new tobaccos to uh, to see what's new out there and what they like. So um, anyway, ch- check it out. The Legend Pipes, uh, one of the one of the best-selling Missouri Meershams out there. Uh, you can get them on corncobpipe.com or at any pipe retailer worth their salt. And uh, we encourage you to uh, to send us a picture. Let us know. Uh, let us know you're smoking a Missouri Meersham Legend. That's right, man. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meersham know that you appreciate them for sponsoring the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week coming in from Joe V. When is a pipe truly over? Guys, I've been smoking my first pipe for almost ten years now. We've been through so much. Uh, we've been through some good and hard times together. She wasn't the most expensive pipe, and truth be told, I found her in a basket and couldn't tell you the maker model. I've had, <laughs> I've had to put her back together due to a crack in the stem, but recently the bowl has been compromised with a long crack running along the side. I can't really smoke it in its current state and don't know if it makes more sense to try and repair or call it a day. Thanks. And then that is Joe V. Yeah, man. What you know? It's a it's bittersweet, right? You know that pipe. Um, you know the the unsung hero of you know basket pipes that has no nomenclature. And <laughs> we've you know, all got probably, that one pipe. That one. We, basket we, pipe. <laughs> we do. We do. I, I was reading. Uh, you know, an article uh, about about Bruce Weaver. Actually, he was like, yeah, you know, he had all these pipes. I can't remember where I read this. He, uh, you know, made some of the best pipes in the world. But you know, some of his favorites were these. Uh, you know, inexpensive drugstore pipes. And um, mm. you know, we all have that. I, I think that's that's a lot of fun. So, Joe, you've put this pipe to the test, man. You've you've made it work. It's earned its keep. Uh, it's been a good and faithful servant. Um, you know, if it were me, I, it would it would now take a honored place, uh, probably on my mantle or shelf. <laughs> but uh, you know, if it is something that you're uh, particularly um, you know fond of, of smoking and you just want to run it into the ground and 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 just uh, you just smoke it until it's uh, it's powder. Uh, yeah, although it, it kind of sounds like it's already in that state, <laughs> you know you. 
you can send it to uh, maybe one of uh, these pipe repair folks that can use some, uh, you know, briar dust or something to fill in some gaps. But, um, it, you know, uh, these long cracks and stuff, at some point you're just uh, you're just um, prolonging the inevitable. And so and, and also it's like, well, am I going to enjoy the experience uh, smoking this pipe? And so, um, man, you know, I, you can you can spend some more time, uh, I, you know, trying to get this pipe up to up to speed. I would um, <laughs> strongly, uh, you know, discourage you from using it. Some people think it's a great idea. They'll start, you know, pouring super glue into cracks. And oh, no, I, no, I've no, seen no, no. I've seen people pour, you know, put all kinds of epoxy. And, uh, you know, <laughs> this guy had like this uh, caulk that he put on the outside of it that looked I mean, it was just, it was terrifying. I was like, don't don't smoke that. <laughs> you know? So I would, uh, man, if it, if it were me, um, you know, it, it you could do, you could send it off to a, uh, reputable, uh, pipe repair man, you know, someone like reborn pipes that we, uh, talk about, uh, regularly or, uh, you know, Tim West or, uh, someone like that to see what they could do. But on average, um, you know, and if it were me, man, I, I would say well done, good and faithful servant, take your, uh, take your, you know, <laughs> uh, esteemed place on my mantle in my, in this beautiful pipe stand and uh, yeah. and look back on that pipe with uh with fondness so that would be it, my vote <laughs> put in like a shadow box or like frame it up or something like that um, yeah yeah although i i am actually as you were talking it made me kind of think of uh you, know, you create a little little mini canoe for it and then like set it out on the river and then like yeah. you know, get a little little uh uh, uh what, what was the whole viking thing where you, you shot and out no the, that's right they yeah they set the pyre on fire you know and, yeah. and, and uh send them out and uh yeah i don't know maybe maybe that's how you honor it is, yeah get your uh, you pipe know, club it. together for that that could be like a whole deal <laughs> and then like and then take pictures and send it to <laughs> yeah no that's if you have a ceremony that's like that we want to know we want to know the details we want video evidence yeah, man so that would be amazing <laughs> that would be amazing actually yeah we should uh we have some kind of little uh little you know ceremony that's standard for uh you know pipe enthusiasts that this is what we do with our uh you know our yeah. our pipes that we're having to put out to pasture you know so <laughs> it almost never happens you know for for many of us and so yeah. you know i'd, I'd no, you know right. it'd be a rare occasion you got to do it up big when that when that occurs and, that's and, right that's, <laughs> that's right that's hilarious. Well, uh, thanks for the question, Joe. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, uh, be sure to send it into a show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with, with the squire. squire. Quick fire question, Jones. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions brought to us by Country Squire Radio t-shirts available at the CountrySquireOnline.com. All right, uh, Brian Levine, PhD, Doctor of Pipes, because, of course, he put all that in. Uh, <laughs> this is the Are Y'all Old Enough for Some of These edition, and this is actually going to take us through, like, the next three weeks. Uh, okay. Are you ready for this, man? Yeah, I, I think I'm actually going to have to Google some of these to give you an answer. Is wow. that is that is that okay? I think that's permitted. I mean, like, if he's gonna if he's gonna mock us and say we're not old enough to get it in the title, then I think we that we can Google it. <laughs> uh, although I think I think with one exception, I'm I'm pretty good here. All right, uh, ready? Here we go. Yeah, bring it. Ginger or Marianne, specifically Gilligan's Island. Yeah, from Gilligan's Island, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I okay, I I think. I mean, Ginger's the redhead. Is that is that right? Yeah, she's the redhead from Hollywood. She was an actress. You you remember she had kind of the whole exactly. You know. Yeah, that kind of um, you know um, uh, Catherine Hepburn wannabe type of thing. Right, yeah, right, right. That, you, yeah, that's one. you know, I I don't know. I'll, I'll probably go with Marianne. Maybe thinking you know more all American girl. Yeah, um, girl next you know. door type. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'll go that route. Yeah, hundred percent. Me me as well, Marianne. No offense to Ginger or the Gingers of the world. That, uh, that's correct. Judy Jetson or Jane Jetson? Um, okay, so uh, again, um, having to Google this. Uh, it, I mean, so Judy, Judy the, was the wife, the mom. Judy's the wife, right? Who, who is Jane? I'm Jane is to... their daughter, so she's kind of the teenage daughter. Okay. Um, I, I mean, you know, uh, Judy, right? I mean, you know, Judy, she's, uh, you, you know, you think of the uh, the hairdo, and she's putting up with all the <laughs> antics of her crazy family, and they've got the robot that is also a vacuum cleaner or something. I don't I Oh, don't yeah. What was the robot's stuff. name? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, it, 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 this is Brian Levine, you know, trying to make himself feel better that he's 68 years old or whatever. So yeah. I, <laughs> uh, no, but no, dang, that's going to bother me. It'll, it'll, it'll hit me later. Yeah, uh, it will. I'm going to go with Jane. You know, it's kind of interesting thinking about Judy and Jane because Jane was much more of like a, like a modern woman, but yet this was in the future. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. It was kind yeah, of that's a, true. 
yeah. you know, retro future uh, type deal. But uh, no, yeah, I think uh, I think definitely Jane. Okay. Uh, all right, Lucy or Ethel from I Love Lucy. Okay, I'll I'll go with Lucy. Right, it's Lucille Ball. So exactly. Um, yeah, I mean Ethel, I, I think played the a little a little more familiar with this. I mean, yeah, she played the foil, right, and was uh, kind of quirky in this uh, uh, kind of um, you know funny character. But yeah, I, I feel like you got to go with uh, with Lucy. Yeah, Ethel was more of like the straight character, while Lucy had kind of all the the antics. And so Ethel got kind of pulled along, like, ah, what are we doing, Lucy? I don't know. I, you know, I can't. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely Lucy all, all the way. All right, and then finally, and this is the one where I'm I'm just gonna have to anyway. Carol, Carol, uh, Carol Brady or Shirley Partridge? Um, I you know I'm I'm not particularly familiar with I'm I'm trying to think I'm not particularly familiar with the Partridge family. So neither I'll go am with I. Carol Brady. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, cool, I'll, cool. I'll go with Carol Brady. Yeah, I, I'll I'll do that. I think. Um. Yeah. I mean, for the sake of for the sake of familiarity, same deal. Carol Carol Brady is more of a. It's kind of more more my scene. Yeah, uh, I, I no, what, what I mean, what I mean is that like I actually watched the Brady Bunch as a kid. That was actually oh, on Nick at Night or whatever it was when I was a kid. But yeah. uh, the Partridge Family, like I, I I couldn't even picture like the Partridge Family at all. Any of them. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, gonna gonna go. No, with that, Carol. that's <laughs> Carol Brady. More your scene. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> that that that's a quote. That's a the, that's I'm a feather to Brady put in our cap. You know what I'm anyway. Wow. <laughs> hey, Bo. Um, uh, quick uh, quick aside. What do what does the show I Love Lucy and Jackson Mississippi have in common? Um, you're in Jackson while you Googled it, and you're about to tell me. <laughs> Man, the uh the 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 fella that played Little Ricky is a resident of Jackson, Mississippi. Wait, Did the you know baby? That? Like the kid? Yeah. Yep. Really? He, he is. Not only is that, his name is Keith Thibodeau. And Keith uh, is the, him and his wife, Kathy, are the head of, um, if I want to make sure, I, I hope I'm getting all this correct. And so I'm, I'm going to probably fact check myself after we get done. <laughs> right, right, right. After but, it's already been but, out and put in the ether. No, exactly. Right. We have to, you know, apologize, which we do regularly for basically half the things we <laughs> right, say on air. But right. uh, but Keith uh, and his wife, Kathy, run Ballet Magnificat here in. No Jackson, way. That's they crazy. And they, and they were the founder of Ballet Magnificat. And actually, up. Ballet Ballet Magnificat uh, for, you know, this if you're not into the ballet scene, which I imagine most pipe smokers that listen to Country Square Radio or not. It's a ballet company. It's a professional company, but they also do some ministry stuff. It's interesting. They travel all over the world. Uh, a, another little known fact is that uh, that uh, that company, that, uh, you know, organization, Ballet Magnificat here based in Jackson, uh, is the reason that my wife uh, moved to Jackson and, and stayed here. So, and so little Ricky is responsible for your forthcoming for my, child. For my marriage and therefore children. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? All right. So isn't that something? Yeah. Small world, man. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, actually, Little Ricky's birth was the uh, the most watched episode of television in the history of television. Uh, or at least really? live. Yeah. Yeah. The most watched live uh, episode of television. Crazy. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. No, people don't know this, man. But like Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> y'all got to not believe this. <laughs> it is an international hub of ballet. Jackson, Mississippi. And I mean, like, let, it's, let that, that is a hundred settle in. Yeah, yes. Cause that, cause what Bo just said is actually, it's actually true. Like the international ballet competition that happens in places like, uh, Moscow, you know, St. Petersburg, yeah. uh, Tokyo, uh, their, their American location that they, that they, you know, uh, rotate through, uh, every four years is in Jackson, Mississippi in our little hole in the wall town. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, a lot of that had to do that there was a lady uh, named Thalia Mara who um, was a well-accomplished, uh, you know, ballet artist and uh, was from our area. And so she kind of spearheaded some of that. And so that's why it still happens here. But every four years, our uh, our city, our little, uh, you know, little podunk town is full of people from places like Poland and the Czech Republic and uh, and Russia, all these places where ballet is more uh, more you know, more popular, more in the mainstream. And so, uh, yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, yeah, Jackson, Mississippi, who would have thought yeah. <laughs> she kicked it off, man. There's, I mean, that it's a story unto itself that we definitely don't have time and this is not the place, but there is, and it's not the place at all. Yeah. No, People not are at like, all. What are they talking about? Yeah. No. But there is big ballet money in Jackson, Mississippi. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it is kind of weird. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Those are just <laughs> quick fire questions. that took an odd turn. 
<laughs> courtesy of Brian Levine. And of course, the uh, amazing shirts available to you at thecountrysquireonline.com. Be sure to get yourself a Country Squire Radio shirt and represent at your next pipe club meeting, pipe show, or just, you know, when you're chilling out around the house. And by the way, if you got some quick fire questions, be sure to send them in. Show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man. Listener feedback. This is great. Um, this is just, this is just great. <laughs> All right. So this one's coming in from Jim. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is coming in from Jim Nelson. What did Jim have to say? This is where, I, this is where I'm supposed to eat crow. So I think you should probably read it. Oh, okay. Good, good. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, he said, Jim goes on to say, uh, BL's pipe shop fail story about the sales rep in combination with Bose ranting about the cigar guys. And I admit I submitted one of the cigar guy pipe shop fail stories <laughs> leads me to come to the defense of cigar shops and pass some of the blame onto the sales reps. Uh, our local cigar shop is often, uh, I'm sorry. Our local cigar shop is open to catering to the pipe community of which there are maybe half a dozen. But the cigar shop isn't his primary business. He just has a passion for cigars and wine. Uh, The pipe tobacco he sells is marketed by cigar companies, and it is universally awful, in my opinion. And at twice the price of Cornell and Deal or Sutliff tins, we tell him we don't buy this stuff. (laughs) He asks for recommendations, which we give him, uh, but his cigar reps offer him equivalent tobacco from their cigar companies. I suspect he'd have to develop a new network of sales reps, and doing that for half a dozen pipe smokers, uh, none of us who have exactly the same taste, wouldn't be worth his time or investment. I do share of complaining about the local shop, but I think the criticism is unfair. He runs a cigar and liquor store, after all, not a pipe shop. It's sort of like complaining that I can't get a decent steak at the Burger King. (laughs) And that's from Jim. You know, I, I, I want to, I want to like, I want to give Jim some props here because, you know, well, I, I I do, I do. Let's be honest about it. Like, yeah, we, as pipe smokers, we are frustrated trying to go into these, uh, you know, quote unquote tobacconists that are really just cigar shops and, and, and get, you know, anything thrown to us. The, the reality of it is, you know, the, the pipe market is very small, right? That's why we connect so much on the internet. And, uh, you know, because we, we don't have these, uh, you know, not everywhere has, uh, the luxury of having a pipe shop there in their hometown. And so we connect, uh, through, through different media like country square radio, but, um, you know, but but if any premium you know cigar shop nowadays uh, it caters to the pipe community at all, even in a small amount, they're kind of they're kind of taking a gamble there. They're saying, look, look we've got some resources. We're going to throw uh, you know a bone for our, our few pipe smokers that we have. Um, you know, they're they're probably not going to make a living on that, but but they're trying to do it to to keep you in the community, to develop the community, and to and to um, you know make an effort to reach out to you and make you feel welcome at their shop. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, right? It's like, okay, well, you don't go to Burger King and ask for prime rib. Um, if, if you go to Burger King to ask for the McRib, no, that would be McDonald's. Never mind. <laughs> right, um, right, right. But, you know, but... Um, disappointed you know, so, anyway. Mean, Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, You know, so uh, kudos to the cigar shops out there that try to, uh, you know, cater in some ways to their to their pipe, uh, you know, consumers. I know it's got to be difficult for for them. Uh, The pipe world is so complex. There's so many. Um, you know, uh, there's so much minutia that you have to know about and keep up with to be really into it. And so um, it, it's a hard market to, to cater to uh, and, and not particularly attractive for, um, you know, cigar shops because there's not as much money in it as there is, you know, the cigar industry. And so, um, you know, um, but having said that, we can all be frustrated a little bit going into. OK, I was wondering if you're going to bring it back around because I was just going to be like, you done? Uh huh. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I, I want to throw you a bone, too, Bo. I mean, it's one of those things. Like we, we can still be frustrated, right? We wish these shops would carry more uh, things that are associated with what we love. But, um, you know, I, I do appreciate the cigar shops that make an effort, even if they're not as knowledgeable as uh, as they are on cigar stuff. Listen, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. I get it. Like you, you've got to cater to your customer base. <laughs> I'm not I'm never going to be that guy. I, I hope to never be that guy that's just so curmudgeon that like I'm not the primary clientele anymore. And I used to be like, no, come on. <laughs> 
like, like, let's not, let's not do that. And that's not what I'm saying with my soapboxing of the, you know, quote unquote cigar guy, which I hate that we're going to continue, but we are, we are going to continue. <laughs> and it, it's because and it, it's not, it's not the fact that they don't have the products right. And it's not the fact that there's less knowledge on display here. It's the treatment of the pipe smoker that walks into your store. Right. Like that is something that we constantly saw is that we've got people that were going into the store and that they were being brushed aside. They were being kind of uh, looked down upon by the cigar salesman. Uh, And so there wasn't like an appropriate amount of like, hey, this is somebody who's coming into your shop and wants to spend business. Yeah. Maybe they came in looking for a steak and you you sell hamburgers, but you don't have to like, you know, like give them a hard time for that. Like it's, (laughs) it's not like there's a thousand steak shops here. Like literally this is the only place to buy meat in town. So like, you know, it's it's not a one to one comparison. And I do think that it really goes about respect from the, the sales rep to the, to the customer. And it also goes to a level of truth telling that we don't always see in these from people that are less knowledgeable about pipe tobacco as well. I, I, I cite you to the story about the guy that said that it was fresh picked this morning. The pipe tobacco was fresh picked this morning. Like, dude, come on. Don't be that guy. Oh, man. All right. Get it out, Bo. Get it out. I got it out last week. But anyway, it doesn't sound like it. I knew somebody. I knew somebody. And I'm glad it was Jim because I, I love Jim. No, that's like, good. I, that's I knew right. somebody was going to was going <laughs> to was going to uh, bring up. And, uh, and so that worked. That worked out pretty well. But anyway, th- thanks for that feedback, Jim. That's that's good. That's good perspective. And uh, I do. <laughs> despite the fact that I, I point out the flaw in, in the comparison, I, I will. I will admit that is a, a pretty, pretty dang good comparison. <laughs> All right, man. We, we're gonna uh, we're gonna close out our listener feedback on um, uh, on kind of a little bit of a, a, a somber note, but also also a little bit of a a sweet note as well. And it, this uh, we got this email in a few a uh, few weeks ago, but we've been uh, kind of backlogged in a lot of content. And honestly, with the way that we wanted to kind of handle this show, it seemed the appropriate time for it. And this comes in from uh, Cody Dewitt, and uh, Cody says. It says, boys, on July 11th, 2019, a member of our pipe community's uh, pipe club's wife passed away. Uh, Her name was Diane K. Hammond, and she was the wife of Steve Hammond. She had Mm. been battling cancer for the majority of the year and has been on hospice and surrounded by her family in the weeks leading up to her passing. Steve is a close friend of mine and of the club, and he has taught me a lot about pipe smoking, tobacco blends, and the culture in general. But more so, he's been an incredible friend and mentor. Most importantly, he let me smoke my very first bowl of Frog Morton Cellar. I mean, that's a champion right there. Yep. Says, I, I wrote this song. Uh, I wrote this song that I've attached and emailed to you uh, for him and his wife and their family. Uh, he is a listener of CSR, and I'd like the track to be a CSR exclusive dedicated to the Hammond family. Eventually, it'll be recorded, but for now, this one is for Steve. So, um, Steve, man, we uh, our heart, uh, our, our hearts, and our, our prayers are with you and your family as you're yes. going through this tough yes. time. Uh, Cody, man, uh, like like uh, like you said in his email, he, he wrote this song for you, and we're going to close out with this song. Um, before we do that, we want to encourage you uh, keep up with us throughout the week. CountrySquireRadio.com is all our contact information. The real Bo York is me on Twitter. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore CountrySquire. And of course, the show's Twitter handle is Squire Radio, and all that and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, from Cody DeWitt, this is Take What You Need. I've seen love come, and I've seen love. seen your eyes I've seen them glow But this old heart is still beats slow You are the dearest friend I know You were strong when I was weak But still so tender in all your speech And even though our time was brief You were the best part of me 
So take what you need Even if it's all I have And I'm begging on one knee Take what you need I said I'd love you to the moon and back And I meant it when all went black I know you're holding that door for me When I let this tired heart free So take what you need Even if it's all I have And I'm begging As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.